0: Happy New Year again. Glad that you're here. Um, if you had a New Year's resolution to go to church every week, you're doing it. You two people online, we see you, you count. Uh, my name is Stephanie, I'm the lead pastor here at Mill City and I do see a couple new faces and I just want to welcome you. I know it can be intimidating to come into a new faith community, um, but most of us aren't super scary, a couple people, but you know who you are, give people space. Um, I want to know a couple things. First of all, who made it up till midnight last night? Okay. Okay. And you're still here. Once again, congratulations. I did not, I did not make it, but I still have my coffee. So I don't know. That's where we're at today. Uh, okay. So here's the deal with new year's resolutions. I feel like there's maybe three main categories of people. And then most of you are going to be like, don't put me in one of those categories. I'm in between those. Okay. But here's what I've noticed. I feel like there are the people who are like, new year, new me, let's do it, okay? You know who those people are. You might be one of those people. And then there's the people who are like, you know what? New year, same me, take the pressure off. All right, you know who those people are. And then there's the other group of people that I notice that are just like, oh, yeah, the new year is starting, right? Is this a new year? Is that today? Did that start today? That's the categories I notice. But most of you are going to say, well, I'm kind of in between and... And that's what I would say too. Okay, it depends on the year. Some years I'm in the like new year, new me, and other years I'm like new year, same me, back up everybody. And then sometimes, you know, I don't even totally notice, but I noticed this year, here we are. It depends on the year and everyone's got a different approach and that's totally fine. Uh, but for people who maybe are interested in doing a new rhythm in the new year, I do have one invitation for you, and that is uh, we have a Bible in a Year that people do most, most years the last few years. And so there's two ways you can join the Bible in a Year. One would be on the Bible app, and there's a link on our blog, millcitychurch.com blog. And you can even comment with each other and chat. Some of you have done it before. Who's done the, the Bible in a Year before? Yeah, a few of you. And it's really fun because you get to chat with people. And then uh, there's also a couple of apps that we recommend. Uh, there's multiple, but two that we really recommend is Pray As You Go and Lectio 365. These are apps where you can just start, you know, you can listen to scripture and prayer and some music, and we recommend those. You can find all those at millcitychurch.com blog. You can also get a printed copy of that Bible reading plan. You people who love paper, Adobe has one for you at the Connections table if you'd like to do that. But you can get that PDF at the website too at millcitychurch.com blog. Uh, if you're into a new rhythm for the new year, but it's just an invitation, don't feel over pressure to that at all. Um, one of the things that I have done over the years is not necessarily thought about my New Year's resolutions. So whether I'm in a New Year's resolution year or a year where I'm like, no pressure, There's something that's consistent for me the last 10 years or so. uh, My friend Joe Saxton calls it, hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. And some of you are familiar with that. Adobe just mentioned that we'll have a time for women on Tuesday to, to just process this together. But it's relatively simple. It's relatively simple. It's an invitation to look back on the year and look forward, to look back on the year and say, how has God been faithful? And what things might I say goodbye to and leave in that year that's passing? And then as I look forward, what are the invitations God might have for me? And what am I going to say hello to as I step into this new year? And so it's not about resolutions, actually. It's not a list of things that you need to do or not do, which is fine if you have those. But this is not the point of this process. Because I feel like there's an invitation for us at the turn of the year. It's not a magic time period. Sorry if somebody thought it was. But it's not. It's not magic. But it is a time where we can choose to be intentional. So that's the invitation today, is to choose to be intentional with this idea of saying goodbye to one year and hello to a new one because we happen to be here on the very first day of a brand new year. I also don't know that I would recommend uh, the new year as something that we should see as, you know, something where we're going to manifest our new reality I just, in my opinion, I I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think the new year is something that we need to say, you know, when I look at this new year, I want to step into it as one who is going to try harder and be better and do things. If you're someone that has a growth mindset, that's awesome. But the try harder, be better, guilt mentality, shame mentality, in my mind, like, that's just not a good invitation. So today the invitation is not about that. That's my disclaimer. It's just to say, could we be in a posture of listening to God A posture where we're open to what God might want to show us about 2022 and a posture of our mind and heart where we're open to what God might want to tell us about 2023 as we step into it. Do you see the difference between kind of this like be better mentality and this openness to what God's doing? So if you're feeling like new year, new you, I support you. But today we're taking some time to reflect. We actually have these pieces of paper. Please raise your hand if you didn't get one of these because you're going to need it. Raise your hand. We got pens for you. People will bring them down. And uh, this is actually the sh- uh, just the front page, the first, first page, the first step of the Hello Goodbye process that Joe Saxon and I wrote together. And you'll see on the back page, you can get the whole r- resource at our website. But uh, for today, that's not necessary. Today, we're just going to do the, the first kind of an overview of the two things. Um, and, you know, when I have done this in the past, there's always a passage that we pick to meditate on. So today, we're going to meditate on a passage. I'm just going to break it down. It's relatively simple. We're going to meditate on a, on a scripture together. And then we're going to take some time to ask God, what is it that you want to show me about this last year and things that I might be able to release and leave in this last year? And then we're going to take some time to talk about what we might say hello to. It's that simple. We're going to meditate on scripture, take some time to listen to God looking back, take some time to listen to God looking forward. And every time we take some time in the, pa- in, the, in the service, which we don't often do, to have this time of reflection, or even if people are watching on home at home, people often say to me, thank you so much for creating that time, because honestly, in certain seasons of life, this is the only time you have. And so I just want to invite you to let this time—it's going to be relatively short, right? But let this be a time, whether you're someone who knows you have a whole day to block out to pray about the new year, or you know that when you get home, if you are going to get some time by yourself, you're going to lock yourself in the bathroom and the toddlers are going to fend for themselves— you know, we've got people everywhere in between, right? So I just want to release the shame and the burden of of having to do things and and creating space. This is a space that can be that for you every Sunday. But today we're going to take extra time for some reflection and for a little bit of prayer and for some listening. And so we're going to start with, with this passage. And I invited my husband, JD, he's somewhere, to come up and read the passage with me. Uh, we do something we call Dwelling in the Word here at Mill City. I'm not totally sure where we got that title from, but really what it means is this. Look at these three things. When you're listening to scripture, you ask these three questions What's something that's highlighted for you? What's something that maybe seems like it could apply to your life right now? And then just what questions do you have? It's a little different than a Bible study where you might say, what's the historical context or where do we see passages that are connected to this one? Love those questions. But for dwelling in the word or making your home in scripture, just listening, it's almost like instead of reading scripture, you're letting scripture read you. That's what dwelling in the word is about. And so often when we do this in a group, what we'll do is we'll have people read it in two different voices. And today we're even going to do two different uh, passages in two different translations. Well, the NIV translation and the message paraphrase. And so as you're looking at this, one of the reasons I wanted to print it out is because when you think of the idea of what is highlighted to you, you might want to underline on the on this sheet of paper here what's sticking out to you. And so I, I love my husband's reading voice. I love your reading voice, J.D. Sometimes he'll read to me, um, you know, like the Chronicles of Narnia or something, but then he'll add sentences that aren't in the book to see if I'm listening. <laughs> How often do you think I catch it? of the time. 99% of the time, but it's usually because it's slightly inappropriate.
1: But today that would be heretical, so I won't do that with scripture. No, please
0: don't. Please don't add anything. Do you want to come up here with me? Sure. Um, So I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to pause for like 30 seconds, and then JD will read it, and then uh, we'll give you about two minutes of just some silence, and those questions will come back up on the screen, those three questions. All right? So I'll read it, pause, JD will read it. And then you'll see how great his reading voice is. Don't clap though, because it's a time of reflection. Um, and then, and then we'll go from there. All right. So this is Ephesians three fourteen. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians three fourteen through 21, NIV. This is the message translation by Eugene Peterson. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah in Jesus. Glory down all generations.
1: For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, the magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in even your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Amen.
0: Can we put those three questions back up? And we'll give you just a couple minutes to reflect on those. And then I'll bring you back. Some of you will feel like these silent times feel really long and others will feel like this is so short and I love all of our different personalities. Um, When I think about the things that stick out to me in this passage, I had just a couple things that I wanted to share and one of them actually came from one of the discipleship groups that I lead when we were listening to this passage. I had never noticed this before, but I just love this and I think it speaks so much to this idea of who God is, that God is so great and grand, yet cares about the little details of our life. That God created the whole universe, yet knows every single hair that's on every single one of our heads, or not on our heads, if you're my husband. He loves it. He loves it. He's good. It's a joke. (laughs) Um, But look at this. Look at what Paul does in this passage, where in this short prayer, there's this kind of statement, and then it expands and gets bigger and greater and grander. It's a small, simple statement that gets bigger and greater and grander. Uh, it's almost like it's hyperbolic, like it's a hyperbole. So let me show you what I mean by that. Put, put that first one up for me, Heidi. In verse 15, he says, "Every family," And that seems like a lot, but then to make his point by verse 21, he's saying throughout all generations. So every family, but then expanding it to say as big as possible. How could I say it as hyperbolic almost as possible? That, that all generations is who God's reigning over. And then the next one you can see, verse 16. Strengthen you with power in your inner being. See how that's kind of this personal inner being? And then verse 18, it expands out to this idea of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And I love this about God, this idea that deep in the quiet moments in our inner being, we can know the truth that God is with us no matter what. Yet, there is is not enough days that we could live to fully grasp how high and deep and wide is the love that God has for us. And I see Paul trying to express that through this hyperbole almost. And then uh, finally, verse 17, Christ dwells in your heart. Again, kind of this God is in your heart. But then that we would be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. That first part, dwelling, it almost seems kind of cozy. And then it's like fullness overflowing. I just picture just being filled to the brim and it's overflowing in your life. This fullness, this life that God wants for us. Or the way that Eugene Peterson put it, that we would live lives that are full. And, and I, I think so often we think about this dichotomy of we have lives that are busy or they're not busy, right? What if we said, hey, actually what we want is a life that is full, and meaningful, because full doesn't always mean a full calendar, does it? And sometimes a full calendar isn't something that's a full life. And so I love the way that this is kind of this contrast. In my family, uh, both J.D and I, we are we're people who sometimes speak in hyperbole. You might have noticed that about us. Uh, what happens when one of us notices the other person speaks in hyperbole? We call it a hyperbole foul. Okay, so someone can, like, call a hyperbole foul. So, like, for instance, I wrote down some things I heard, had heard recently uh, from my husband. He said something to the effect a couple weeks ago. You might have known. That was the most incredible 10 minutes of soccer in the history of the world ever. Okay, do you see how, like, hyperbolic that is? Okay, so I might be like, I thought it was good, but that's a hyperbole foul. You see what I'm saying? Um, or something on the other side. This is something he said this last year in 2022. He touched his eye after he had cut some jalapenos. And he said, this is the worst experience. This is absolutely terrible. I can't believe this. This is absolutely the worst, right? The phrase, the worst. Clearly there are things worse than touching your eye with the jalapeno. You you get what I'm saying? But why do we speak in hyperbole? It's because something is so uh, overcoming us, right? It's something that feels larger than life. And I, I will suggest if you were to touch your eye after touching a jalapeno, it might feel like that in the moment, doesn't it? Well, I think this is what Paul is trying to say. I think he's just trying, he's overflowing with this idea of, I don't know how to explain to you how deep and wide the love is that God has for you. There's not enough words. And so he speaks in hyperbole. And I don't know how to tell you how God is so encompassing that God has been a part of every family and all generations. And I don't know how to express to you the fact that God wants you to have a life that's overflowing with the presence of God in your life. And so I think that's why uh, Paul has some hyperbole fouls. So as you're reading scripture this year, you might look to notice that Paul— does a lot of hyperbole fouls, okay? But he's doing that to make a point almost every single time. And then the the second thing I noticed was these three kind of words, these three ways of being, postures I think you could say, of being strengthened, of being rooted, and being filled. Did you notice those? Being strengthened, rooted, and filled. And in those three actions, in those three opportunities, or those three postures, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do those things. The Holy Spirit strengthens us with the power that God has for us. The Holy Spirit allows us to be rooted in who, in who we are in God's love. And the Holy Spirit allows us to be filled to the full measure of who God is. And so I want to just offer those three postures. Maybe as you're listening then in our hello goodbye, those three postures might stick out to you. So just going to come up, and we're just going to take some time for the goodbye part and the hello part. And I give my friend Joe a hard time who named this hello goodbye, because I do think it should be goodbye hello but it doesn't have the same ring to it. But you kind of do the goodbye part first, okay? So we're doing goodbye first. And so the goodbye part, we've got the, the questions, these kind of postures that I was talking about earlier. Looking back on God's faithfulness to consider what we can say goodbye to, and then we look forward in anticipation to what God will do. So first, when it comes to saying goodbye, those are kind of these two questions. What, how has God been faithful, and what might it'd be important for you to say you're gonna to try to leave in 2022, all right? This isn't magical. This is just a time of reflection. So think about when you're talking about goodbye. Maybe it's not something tangible. Maybe it's more of a, uh, maybe an attitude that you had towards something or a way you were thinking and you want to to adjust that and to leave that back in the, in, the new, in the old year as you step into the new year. It could be something tangible, like there is something that was lost in 2022. And so you want to just kind of, let this moment be a moment where you say, that person, that thing, that experience is over. And I'm saying goodbye to it, spiritually releasing it to Jesus in my life. But what matters in this is that we're listening to God in that. Because God might want to reveal something that's maybe like an unhealth, unhealthy coping mechanism. We all have those, right? And God might just kind of want to tap you on the shoulder as you listen around that. But God might also want to invite you to, to say goodbye to something that was really great, really meaningful, but God's saying there's a new chapter so what does it look like to let go? In so many ways I think of it as at the end of the year we're holding on to all these things and God's saying open your hands and let go of things so that when we get to hello our hands are open and ready to receive. And so we're going to give you just a couple minutes with these two questions How has God been faithful to you in 2022? And is there anything God might be asking you to say goodbye to and leave in 2022? Any sort of word or phrase that comes up, this is just for you. You can write them down. Um, This is not something you need to share necessarily later. I'll encourage you to pray about sharing this with somebody, but it's just for you. So write down whatever's helpful for you and we'll give you a few minutes. 2023 I just want to name a couple tensions as we're in this reflection and one of those tensions is the reality that we tend to long for certainty don't we almost all of us it's pretty much a a part of our condition as people is that we would just so love to know what's going to happen in 2023 and we look back on some years in our life and we think well I don't think I wanted to know what would happen but man was that challenging and it wasn't what I expected But the truth is is that there's no such thing as certainty for us as humans. It's part of what separates us from God. We're not God. But you know what we can have? And we can have assurance. And I have these definitions of what I think assurance and certainty are in my mind. Certainty, being able to know some or all of what's going to happen in the future. We don't get that certainty, do we? But assurance is being able to trust that no matter what happens, God is with us. And that God will even prepare us for the unknown if we open up our hearts to that. Certainty is a myth that I know I want to believe in sometimes. But when it comes to saying hello to a new year, I know that some of us are jaded and feel cynical about that because we had hopes and dreams for years and past that didn't happen. Or at worst, the opposite happened sometimes. And so I just want to name that and know that that's a reality. And that means that for some people, because this passage said... That God can do more than we can ask or imagine. All that hyperbolic language to say who God is and what God can do. I know that doesn't always sometimes feel encouraging to us, but it means that God invites us to have a posture of anticipation. But what about the the thing that happened in in 2020? What about what happened in 2015? You don't know. I know I don't know. But God still invites us to have a posture of anticipation of what God will do. Through the best and the worst and and everything in between. Anticipation that God could do more than we could ask or imagine. By definition, more than we could ask or imagine is uncertain. And so I think that is the invitation that God gives to us today. And for some of you, that means it's going to be a discipline to dream, isn't it? Because dreaming has been something that's been difficult to do when those dreams didn't come true. But it's not about fortune telling it's not about being able to know certainty about the future, it's not about manifesting a new reality, it's about a heart and a posture that's open to whatever God might want to do through the best and the worst and everything in between to be open to this idea that God can do more than we could ask or imagine even through the difficult things and that that would increase our trust our assurance that God will be with us no matter what no matter what we we head into the future so as you think about this hello idea, what you are saying hello to, it's not about something you know for sure is going to happen. It's a question to God of what is it that you're putting on my heart as a posture as I look forward. I wrote this down, this, this kind of, this is a reminder for me. It's not about being prepared for everything that could happen, but about trusting that if you have a posture of anticipation for what God might do, even through the most difficult things, then that posture is your preparation. I'll say it one more time. It's not about being prepared for everything that could happen. That's not possible to know. But about trusting that if you have a posture of openness, of open hands, of anticipation, trusting in who God is, that what God might do through the best things and the hardest things is something that opens you up to who God is. And that posture is the preparation for the year. So as you take some time to ask God to speak into those hellos for you, we have two questions again. What might God be inviting you to say hello to in 2023? And maybe what areas of life might God be inviting you to be strengthened, to be rooted, to be filled by the Holy Spirit in your life? and maybe a word or a phrase or a concept comes to you maybe it's something really tangible like i need to get somebody who i can talk to so i have some more accountability in my life maybe it's somebody that maybe it's something less tangible like just a posture of your heart that god's inviting you to have as you go into this new year whatever that is for you we'll give you a couple minutes to reflect on that before we close hope you can find some time to just fight for a little bit more time to reflect on all of this. But I guess the last thing I just want to encourage you in is this. We know for sure, we do know for sure, (laughs) that in this year, there's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be blessings and burdens. There's going to be joys and sorrows. And there's probably going to be some moments of mundane. But we can have the assurance that no matter what this year brings, Jesus is with you. And we can remind each other of that, can't we? And so I just want to finish today by reading this prayer from Ephesians over you. I think of Paul and his pastoral heart for these churches that were receiving this letter while he's writing it from prison and and he wanted to just pray over them and so I want to do that today. Just pray over our church, over you, over over myself and all of us. Worship team can come up before we go into a final time of song but let's just pray together this prayer. Let me pray it over you.